Hello and welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. A regular look at the latest updates from HubSpot and practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. Today, we'll be looking at some of the challenges clients face when considering new websites, how best to brief an agency, some of the technical issues, and of course, the HubSpot website platform. Today, I'm delighted to be joined in person at Carmen HQ by the Dream Team, the A-Team, our very own web developers, John Dean and Chris Brown. Welcome both. How are you? Yeah, again. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Thanks for having us. Yeah. No, pleasure. And uh, I hope your answers this time around are going to be even better. Uh, so just for everyone listening, we've just uh, started the recording, but uh, seemingly forgotten to turn our microphones on. So uh, we'll have another go. So... Let's kick off uh, again then with some kind of basic questions around client challenges uh, and websites. We get lots of people coming to us with web inquiries. They want new websites. Uh, Where do we go from there, right? They want a new website. How much is it going to cost? Well, very open-ended question on how much it's going to cost. But I think the the best thing to say is how we how we begin. And we begin, first of all, by challenging with a question of why do you want a new website? Do you actually need a new website? Is that what you need to achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve? So if it's trying to get more leads, then it might not be a new website you need. It may be something else entirely. It might be an ad campaign, a pay-per-click campaign that goes to a landing page that we develop on your existing site. If it is actually a new website, then there's a, a number of other questions that come into play. Is it we're trying to uh, improve the buyer journey? Do we want the user when they're arriving at your website to follow a specific path, take a specific action? So all of those we try and get at the outset to get a full understanding of why the client wants a website in the first place and what's the best way to achieve the outcome that they're looking for. If it is a new website, then again, it could be very open-ended. Is it new? Is it a new brand? Is it a development of an existing brand? Are we going to be doing designs? Are we going to be doing the website copy, for example? So all of these can add up to uh, a, a far more expensive website than than you maybe anticipated just because of the extra steps involved. Um, you know, if it's just a simple brochure site where it's a, a homepage, a, a page on our services, a page on our team and a contact page, then that can be relatively low on the cost. If it's going to include copywriting, include um, custom animations, custom integrations, things like that, then that's where the price can start to uh, ramp up just because of the more complexity of the website or the more work that's involved in order to improve the buyer journey. Yeah, so often people come in, don't they, with a website inquiry and um, actually what what becomes apparent is more important is brand, visual identity, value proposition, messaging, in which case that's a, a kind of different route, I guess, and, and work, foundation work that needs to be done then before you start looking at new new website, uh, user experience, information architecture, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so I think the why is definitely an important question. The other thing is a lot of problems we've, or a lot of frustrations with kind of people who've got websites already is the flexibility of the website. So, you know, they may have a nice looking website that you know could even be function as the way the way they want it as well, but then they can't make any changes to it. So they have to go down the developer route each time, even for you know s- small spacing issues or small spacing changes, layout changes. Whereas you know building a, a site built in HubSpot, for example, gives you the drag and drop editor, which is a fantastic tool for a non developer to quickly drag in new modules, create new layouts, and, you know, 
clone different sections. It's so it's 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 like I mean we've built websites on WordPress um, quite extensively in the past, and you know we we almost certainly prefer building in HubSpot just for the flexibility that it gives the user. Even if they're not using the HubSpot CRM. Exactly. So so some people come to us for migrations. A lot of people come to us for migrations. So, you know, even if it's a direct replica of their current site in HubSpot, we've, we've done that before. So it may, you may not even need to change it to as a brand. Um, but there's still an advantage of going down Hub, the HubSpot route because of the flexibility of, you know, the ease of creating new templates, creating new layouts, you know, adding, I mean, we mentioned modules, but within HubSpot, it's very modular based. So we can develop any any section of a website can be built as a module. So it can be repeated. It can be added on any page in any order. Um, and you can have global content as well. So, you know, some sites that are quite on the big side, you may, you may want to change a client testimonial, for example, that appears on 20, 30 pages. Um, you can do this in one place in the global module, um, even using the HubSpot uh, database that comes with HubSpot, so the HubDB. You can make the change once it'll populate every, everywhere it needs to be populated. Um, so from a, a kind of user perspective, there are advantages uh, in, in being able to kind of hand over a new website to a client and for them actually to be a lot less reliant on an agency like us or having to come back every time they want to change something and exactly. incur kind of more cost, more cost, more cost. Cause I guess typically our clients have internal marketing teams or at least someone responsible for marketing who we can train to, to kind of update all those things. Yeah. And the, as Chris just mentioned, the, the actual editing experience for editing a page in HubSpot is so user-friendly. It's, it's literally point and click. It's what you see, it's what you get. Um, the drag and drop editor, as Chris has mentioned, if you want to change a layout from a two column to a three column, you can just do it in the drag and drop editor. You don't need any development experience. You don't need to, you know, contact a developer that maybe costs you 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred pounds an hour to make a simple change when, you know, we can just show you how to do it. And then you can just go and use that editor. Um, I think Chris mentioned the complexity of WordPress, you know, WordPress with it being so open source is, you know, you can make any layouts you want, but it's it's not easy to go and edit the page because you make a slight change and you break it and you're not really sure what's what you've broken and how to fix it. Whereas in HubSpot, in the page editor, if you make a make a change, there's an undo button. And also there's a version history where you can just click and you can just look at every single change that's been made on the page in the past and easily restore it if you've broken something. Uh, we had one this morning where a client had unfortunately made a change to the page didn't know what 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 had happened got in touch with us we went in clicked on the version history restored the page immediately and it was fixed in a matter of minutes yeah so that some of those wordpress sites can end up being a bit kind of frankenstein monstery with all the plugins and things well they can and also i mean you mentioned plugins obviously plugins kind of add weight to the website as well so you, so people you know although you can install the plugin it's not always the best thing to do um if you have more and more plugins on a website there is you know, it takes longer for the page to load. It's got more security um, implications in terms of maintenance. Um, obviously, WordPress, you need to self-maintain. Um, so you have to be responsible for maintaining and updating the plugins, the core WordPress version. Uh, HubSpot, all that is taken away. So HubSpot manages all of the hosting of the website and all the maintenance, the security patches, um, which is kind of a big... A big thing for some clients they, they don't want the hassle of having to 
you know, remember to update plugins, the, the fear of, of a plugin breaking the website. Um, I think that's a good point you make, actually, because it's not just about the maintenance of updating, say, WordPress and the WordPress plugins. It's if, if you've got a WordPress website, you need to go and source your own hosting, your own server, you know, whether you use something like GoDaddy or, or HostGator, you know, you still need to have your own server. You need to update the PHP on that server if it's yes, if yes. it's a WordPress site. Whereas, obviously, HubSpot they manage all the servers for you. They manage all the all the site speed elements, so they they make sure it's as quick as possible. They also have a a, a CDN that they use quite quickly. And for those who don't know what a CDN is, it's a content distribution network. So if you uh, if you upload images or, or your web page, it gets cached at the low at, at the at the nearest server in the CDN network to where you are accessing it on the website. So if you're in, say, London and I'm in Manchester, then the web page will get served from a CDN in London as opposed to in Manchester, and the web page will load quicker. So those CDN things are all built into uh, HubSpot. doesn't mean you can't use a CDN on, on WordPress, but you need to set it up yourself and you need to maintain it yourself and manage it yourself. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff that we're talking about, right, for, for me is about, getting people within the client's business doing what they should be doing. So marketing people doing marketing work, not messing around with websites and trying to do technical work, but just giving them a facility where they can go, right, you can you can now go off and do everything you need to do. You can create landing pages, you can create campaigns, you can drive traffic to the website and, and, and you can kind of take control of it. Yeah. So that's the, yeah, I mean, we mentioned about kind of the, the drag and drop and the, the modular approach of, of HubSpot. Um, within yeah, we, we, we talked about, I mean, in a basic sense, HubSpot comes with a set of modules. So a module could be an image. So you could be an image selector that you just drop onto a page. It could be a text area, but you can, you can go really complex with the modules. So we can have bespoke custom modules that we can build any, you know, any functionality into really. There's no real restrictions. I think people may think of a, a CMS as being restricted in some cases, but we haven't really found a anything we couldn't do on HubSpot. Is that right And saying that, John? Yeah, um, I mean, we have been challenged by clients before who said, oh, we don't want HubSpot because you can't do this in HubSpot. And th the answer is actually, you can do this. It's not default in HubSpot, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. I mean, a HubSpot website at the end of the day is just HTML and JavaScript. So we can build any custom module we want in order to create the actual item that you want to have on, on a web page, whether it's a carousel slider, any kind of pop-up, um, you know, any anything that you can think of that can be built on a web page can be built in HubSpot. Yes, we've worked with, with some big design agencies, right, where they're sending over pretty complex designs. And we're, as far as I know, in, entirely able to kind of design build those in HubSpot without any limitations. Yeah, the, uh, the only limitation is not in what we can do and this is one uh, Chris first said to me when we uh, we first went on a client call a couple of years ago when I started in the business and one of the clients asked if this was possible and, and Chris's answer was anything's possible for the right price yeah what, just so it's just in terms of development hours we're talking exactly, about exactly yeah so the more complex something is the more time it's going to take and potentially the more expensive it's going to be but what you tend to find is a client may come to us with uh, you know, a design or an idea about something and think, oh, that's going to cost a fortune. But after we've talked to the client about it, it's actually, it's it's not as technically hard as maybe they think it is. And it's not as expensive as they would have originally thought. But again, it's that whole thing of, of talking to the client. I mean, I, I was on a call just yesterday with Ian and, and a, new, a new potential client. 
and just having a developer on the call as well as, as someone who's you know trying to grow the business allows allows us to ask those questions straight away rather than play round robin on a email and stuff like that and it's fine it's finding that balancing point isn't it between okay we want it to do this but if that costs you know twenty thousand pounds more okay how do we pull back from that and it's having that understanding i think from our side to be able to explain what those differences are so that we can uh, manage kind of cost on behalf of the client and that that kind of comes back to the very first point that we talked about in asking the client what are you trying to achieve so it might be that they they're trying to achieve something and they've got an idea of oh i want this on my website but that might not be the best way to achieve the outcome that they're looking for yeah yeah actually one thing i want to pick up uh in relation to just understanding kind of client objectives and things is um often clients will come to us and say that almost anecdotally the website isn't performing as well as they hoped what what are the what are the tools uh that we use to be able to kind of actually get some data on that stuff and audit uh, existing sites to understand how the site is performing and therefore what changes could be made yeah so we, we've got kind of a number of scripts that we could apply to the site so we've used um, hotjar in the past so um hotjar gives you kind of your real-time um, image mapping of user behavior so you can you know the frustrations or the blocks that people may have when navigating through the site um thinking as well as hotjar what we've also been using recently as well as mouseflow yeah so, so both you know hotjar and mouseflow do similar things but i think actually i think more recently mouseflow is the preferred choice so it's kind of yeah it, it just gives you a, a a recording of user sessions so you can you can go back and analyze um where somebody is you know how somebody arrives at the site where do they try to navigate to are they getting stuck you can you can usually tell a frustrated user by you know the shaking of the mouse and the cursor that kind of goes to <laughs> random locations and you, you can almost sense the frustration in in the mouse movement so um i think another good thing about uh hotjar and mouse flow is you'll see a lot of clicks a lot a lot of hotspots of where people are clicking because they think that item should be clicked but in reality it might just be an image or something that looks a bit like a button but it's not actually a button. yes it's not intuitive enough yeah so again that's not a great user experience and in addition to like those in-page tools that tell you what's going on, on that page obviously we uh, one of our foremost things is using google analytics and seeing where people are arriving into the site where they're moving once between pages and where they're dropping off the site because then that also helps us understand how a user is arriving where they're going and where they're leaving or what's causing them to leave, whether they're finding the information they need or not, whether they're clicking through on a contact button and actually getting in touch. Uh, that stuff's becoming uh, ever more important, it seems, around kind of UX planning, information architecture planning, where the old-fashioned kind of hierarchical site map maybe isn't quite good enough now for businesses with complex biogenics or whatever it might be. And we'll come on later, I guess, to how HubSpot supports that in terms of smart content and what have you. But yeah, just just interested in your thoughts around kind of UX planning and the direction of travel there. I think I think you're right. I think that's that that kind of is almost that that is the divider of websites maybe in the past that were just brochure based sites that look good, um, as opposed to sites that clients want now, which is which are sites that are performing better um for the, for their target audience as well. So you mentioned about kind of, you know, knowing the knowing the visitor almost. So HubSpot allows you to to build a picture of the type of people arriving at your site, you can tailor user experience based on the visitor, based on what what kind of buyer stage they're at. So you can do that in a number of ways. So HubSpot gives you 
um, access to the CRM, which we've not mentioned yet, but as well as the CMS for building websites, you have the CRM. So you've got a, a relational database um, of all your customer data um, and you can you can use that to map um, experiences based on previous interactions. So you, you know, if, if I filled out a, a form to download a white paper in the past, you've got my details, you know, the pages I've been to in the past, you know what I'm interested in. You know, if I'm if I put my company name, you know the size of the company I'm part of potentially. So you can kind you can start building like a demographic of different users, and you can that's really valuable in terms of smart content, which we which we'll discuss a lot later, or we can discuss now, I suppose. Um, but yeah, um, it's the main differentiator, and it comes back down to the kind of cost, like why HubSpot, why not WordPress? WordPress, you can't do any you know anything like this um really you can you can you can kind of do basic personalization you can do basic kind of changes to content but not to the level that hubspot gives you i mean we've had clients that are um you know national national reach so we've got kind of different content for different areas of of the uk um it just plays into the mindset of the visitor and it almost feels like you know, if if a visitor thinks that they've arrived at the right place, the content is relevant. You serve it. You serve up relevant content. It's not just like a best you know, one size fits all approach. You get much better success and conversion in terms of getting them to do what you want them to do. Yeah. So so with the, with that smart content, then let's dive in because I think it's a really interesting area. What, what is the sort of um, power of the possible with HubSpot? You know, if you're pulling data out of the CRM. You know, is it that we're changing, um, you know, what, what what their local office is? Are we changing imagery? Are we presenting whole different homepages? You know, what what, what what's the roadmap look like? Yeah, it's, it's not so much showing a whole different page. It's more, um, you know, we, we can do smart content or HubSpot can do smart content based on a variety, a variety of different things. So we could look at location. And if they've come from a specific location, we could show them a slightly different content so as, this is especially good for different countries. So we can show them country-specific content. Um, if they've filled out a form, as Chris has said, then there'll be we can build a contact list and say, if they're on this contact list, then show them a different something else. So Chris mentioned about if they've downloaded a white paper. So let's just say a, a, someone has downloaded that white paper. They've been added to a contact list. On their next visit, in that same spot on the page where the downloaded white paper was, you could have a different something else because we can see that they downloaded the white paper. So I don't want to show them that same form again because they've already filled it out. So we can show them something that then says, oh, you liked our white paper. Why don't you contact us about this or download something else? So you can... Or, or that form can change in terms of what it's capturing. So we've got name, email address already. What do we capture next? Is it uh, what type of business, what sector, what's their job title? So you're getting more and more info. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point because a lot of sites, when they whack a form on the site, they put 100 fields on there, which which absolutely kills form conversion. Ideally, I mean, what you need in HubSpot is first name, last name, email address. You always need an email address because that's the contact record um, identifier. And then as you come back, you can then show uh, what are called, is it progressive fields? And, and then basically, if you already know the first name, last name and email, you can then just say, okay, now what's your company name? What's your phone number? And and they don't they can, each each visit they can give you a bit more information, and you don't need to ask for all of yeah. that info. It's all about nurturing the. It's all about nurturing your potential clients. So you know, 
sometimes a client has done the research already. They, they, they would know exactly who they're looking for. They would arrive at your site and, and contact you. That's, that's the, you know, that's the ideal situation, but often that's not the case. You, you get somebody who would stumble upon your brand. They'd be looking at your homepage for the first time. You need to quickly get their attention and, and get them interested in your offer, your, your service get them to contact you so they may not be ready to contact you straight away they may just want to you know you may, they, they may take a bit of time to get to the point you want them to be at um which is which is where the kind of different you know personas come in and you can get different different lifestyle life cycle um stages so you've got you know person right at the start of the buying cycle um may may just want information about the company your services that's fair enough someone later down the line will want more detail on how how you can help them with a, with a with a particular problem they've got or or solution they want to be to be worked on um so it's all about kind of knowing knowing who who is visiting the site at what stage they're at in terms of their their journey to achieve the and, best and then they're into that hubspot ecosystem aren't they where we're using automation to kind of serve content to them we've captured their details we understand the buyer journey we can push them down the funnel all of those tools within HubSpot that kind of help support taking them from that very early stage and, and converting them as a client, however long that sales process might take. HubSpot's got a ton of other tools as well. Um, I guess uh, adaptive testing, SEO suggestions, all sorts of other things that, that support having a good quality website, right? Yeah, I think uh, testing is, is a good one to pick up there because if, if, if you're using a different CRM, um, if you want to do split testing, A-B testing, things like that. You normally have to use a third-party service, um, whereas in HubSpot, it's got A-B testing built in. So you can just go to either the landing page or, or a website page. You can click create a new experiment, and you can then create your A-B test and set it live straight away. It will gather all the data built into HubSpot against the page. You get your results, and you you take your best-performing one and then make that your, your main page. Yeah, so again, like, it's putting the power into the marketer's hands, right? And allowing them to do things quickly, work agilely, work outside of a relationship with an agency. Yeah, and uh, that may sound a bit counterintuitive for an agency to sit here and say, yeah, you can do this yourself, don't pay us any money, because at the end of the day, we want the money. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we want the best outcome for our clients. So by showing them how to do these things themselves and making it easy for them, like in HubSpot, then we, you know, that's why our clients retain with us that's why they keep coming back to us because we're not just there to take their money all the time we're there to give them the best advice and the best way forward and that i think builds our brand better it builds our credibility better and when people come back to us which they do time and time again that's where we get the, the best value because we we then get a better client out of it yeah i think it's a good point actually about value so the, the value of of a developer, especially in the HubSpot developer, is in the module creation. So I mentioned it before, I mean, it's kind of, it's different to the website builds of the past. So we, we're not actually building templates necessarily anymore. We're building modules. Templates in terms of whole pages. Exactly. So we're not, we're not we, we've kind of, it's kind of steered away from that kind of um, development. So we don't, we don't develop a series of templates necessarily. We develop modules and sections that can be used to create any number of layouts and pages. So that's where kind of, you know, we, we might say a module, you know, is, you know, eight hours development, which sounds a lot, but when you, when you consider you can then use that module on 
you know, as many pages as you like in any order, multiple times if you want to, you can you can start quickly building quite complex layouts with a handful of modules. You don't need hundreds of modules to develop a nice site. Yeah, and when Chris says you can quickly create these pages, he's not talking about developers, he's talking about the marketer. Because we create the modules which can then be dragged into the drag and drop area or a section which can be dragged into the drag and drop area. So if we've pre-built sections for, say, a latest blogs row that's got the three latest blogs, a title and a button to go through to the blog, another section that's got testimonial on there with maybe an image to one side, another module which has got a full background parallax image to a section with some nice text and some icons. We can build those, and that's the time that we'll take to build those sections. And then the marketer could just go in, create a new drag and drop page, click on the sections, drag that section in, drag that section in, drag that section in, and they've got a really nice looking page. In literally, I mean, is it literally seconds. minutes, seconds? Seconds. You, yeah. you start your page, click add new section, choose your section. It's on the page. If you want to reorder those sections, make the uh, the testimonials above the latest blogs, it just grab, grab, grab the section, drag it, drop it. And it's, yeah. and it's obviously in, in each, each section, each module that's developed is obviously responsive tested as well. So you don't need to worry about, you know, how it behaves on tablet, mobile. It would automatically uh, flow um, to that screen, that, that, that device width. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It's really revolutionary in terms of the editor experience and you know how to how to build pages and, and content, which is why I kind of come down to cost. I mean, we off as well in the past we've we've developed websites with just the core modules and maybe a one or two um, layouts. The, the client has been given training to kind of build out the rest of the site themselves, which. You know, in a, in a WordPress site, typically is not possible. Um, you know, it 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 really is kind of. And if the client's willing to do that, then obviously that would save time and and effort in terms of development, which will bring the cost down of the project. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of. I I mean, I I started building sites in WordPress, and you know, the first five six years of my time here, that's all we did. Um, HubSpot came along, and I, I much prefer working in HubSpot just for the. It's it's just it's just a, a really nice platform to develop. We get loads of good feedback in terms of the client, um, in terms of them. I think I think just the frustration goes away. Uh, we mentioned before about the frustration of um, a client and not being able to do simple changes. That's that's the main reason why a lot of them think they need a new website, whereas. You know, a website built in HubSpot, the drag and drop editor, you know, the, the core is there. And in the future, we can build upon that. So we don't need, we don't necessarily need to have a new website every four or five years. We can just revamp it. I was going to ask actually from a, you know, you sat there developing perspective, because that's something I don't really get to see. But is it a different experience developing on HubSpot for you guys than it is on WordPress? A hundred percent. And it's, it's far more, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's not interactive. Yeah, well, it's far more enjoyable, but um, it's easier for us to actually build more advanced items in HubSpot because when we build in a custom module, we can actually tap into the CRM. So we can tap into the contact or the company or, or whatever we want to do in order to personalize those modules. Whereas again, that's not possible in HubSpot. Because so you're sort of able to have a bigger impact, if you like, for, for the yeah, time spent. Yeah, and also 
because HubSpot packages everything under the hood, um, you can create a custom module and they take care of everything else of, of loading it on the page and make sure, making sure it works properly behind the scenes. You know, you still need to write your HTML, your JavaScript code and your CSS styles. But if you had to do that, say, in WordPress or something like that, you'd have to maybe either source a third-party plugin that someone else has done that may not be maintained, may contain bugs, or create your own WordPress plugin and then maintain it. And then it, as each new version of Hub, uh, WordPress comes out, you then need to go and update your plugin and make sure it still works on a website you maybe built three years ago. So having everything inside of HubSpot using their templating language just means that any changes that are happening in HubSpot, um, it doesn't break anything going forward because it's part of their core code. Yeah, right. You know, I, I love it personally because I, I've always classed myself as being a front-end developer, so not necessarily even able to do you know high levels of, of custom bespoke functionality, um, whereas HubSpot is totally different. I can build... You know any number of modules add any number of custom fields add its more regions and it's you know i love it because i can do everything myself now yeah. <laughs> i don't have to i mean i think i think john loves it too so i don't have to bug him for you know, <laughs> yeah I, I love it because i don't have to help chris yeah yeah exactly. brilliant so um i kind of coming to the end of the time here but there's one thing i, I wanted to make sure we cover off you know if, if, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking okay um, you know, it sounds like HubSpot's incredible in terms of its capability, in terms of tying to my CRM, personalizing the kind of experience on site. Um, but I want to kind of go out there and make sure I get the most bang for my buck, if you like, with an agency. How would I go about briefing an agency? Like, what are the really key points that you need to nail down? Is it as simple as going, okay, I really understand the problem, the pain that I've got, the friction, the issue that I'm trying to overcome. I'm very clear about where I want to go and I'm clear about the resource that we have available in-house and the budget. Is it that simple or are there kind of other considerations? Um, it, it kind of is that simple. I mean, we've worked with clients which are uh, relatively small businesses that don't have any development experience or even marketing experience in-house. And I mean, for any client, irrespective of size, I think the best thing to do is just talk to us because we will hopefully ask the right questions to get the, the correct answers in order for us to give you the best advice. But we also have clients, like we had a client earlier in the year that got a global design agency to build their site for them. A particular client have got their own not a huge marketing department with a, with a head of marketing and they know exactly what they want to do. They run lots of in-house pay-per-click campaigns. So they just provided us with, this is our sitemap. These are the design files from the other design agency. We will write all the copy. We just want you to do the build. So clients like that, we can just go, yeah, okay, we just take that and we build on a, this is what you asked us to do. You know, it's like someone who comes along with, this is a cake, this is how I want the cake to look, go and bake me the cake. Brilliant. I think it's a good point about, um, you know, briefing as well and, and knowing what they want. Some some clients might not know exactly what they want from the start, so that's why a conversation is always important. But then there's also, also sometimes a fear of kind of, you know, getting the brief exactly right and, and thinking about any future requirements, which obviously is important, but... With HubSpot, it's it's equally possible to develop the base website and then add to it in the future. So you don't have to know all the answers from the start. You just need to know the direction that you're that you wanted to go into. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that 
a large part of what we do is help people to, to, to build the brief at the front end of the project. Now, you know, clearly that has to be proportionate to the size of the business. So some sites we've built, uh, we do a kind of paid discovery uh, initially where we, we, we are almost writing the brief. We're understanding the current situation, we're understanding objectives, we're understanding a wider marketing strategy and then developing information architecture and, 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 and data plans and everything else. But then there are other businesses where that just isn't appropriate, right? But I think we're still pretty good at helping them develop those briefs and delivering a site that maybe isn't 40,000, 50,000, but it is 10,000. It helps get them to where they want to be. Yeah, it's, it's not the case that if you don't, if you don't go with down the paid discovery route, we're going to build a substandard website. That's not the case at all. It's 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 more kind of, we, we, we know the general best practices of how to build a website and we would we would do that as a standard anyway. It's just the extra, it's the extra, it's the extra level of user experience and tailored content to the visitor, which is where the discovery comes in really. And, you know, some, some clients don't want a best, you know, one size fits all approach. They want to be unique. They want to have a unique experience for their clients and their visitors. And that's where, you know, HubSpot and the bespoke custom modules, the CRM smart content, that all kind of plays into, you know, all, all it all kind of plays into that approach really yeah well just to add to that i'd i'd also say that you know if all you want is a five page brochure website with homepage what we do who we are and contact us then hubspot's perfect i mean the starter plan on hubspot which is up to 50 pages i think is you last time i looked about 30 pounds a month Whereas if you look at having WordPress and, and sorting your, your own hosting out, you know, WordPress may be a free open source package, but you need to source your own hosting that could cost up to £600 a year or £500 a year or whatever it may be. Yeah. And you then need to have all the other maintenance stuff on top of that. Whereas HubSpot, 30 quid a month. I mean, it's really competitive. Yeah, no, I think prices may change. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's back to the same same point we often make about HubSpot, right? I mean, the way that they've set up their business is 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 to scale with businesses as they grow, and the HubSpot CMS is no different, really, is it? You know, there's an excellent solution uh, for every level of business, but at the higher end, I guess you just get more bespoke, uh, more kind of creative, and bigger, but obviously bigger sites as well, but you know, more pages, more content. Um, which is a big part of the cost, really. The content, you know, it, it just just drafting the content into a hundred pages, opposed to five pages, obviously takes time. Yeah, good. Well, I think HubSpot's direction of travel. Uh, what are we saying? HubSpot's better than WordPress now in almost all cases. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, saying about direction of travel, HubSpot have got um, they, they publish roadmaps of where they're going, and not just on the CMS for websites, but for their uh, sales section, their operations section, uh, for obviously the websites and development yeah. and stuff like that. They have roadmaps and of where their direction of travel of what they're doing. They've got a, a developer community where developers can actually feedback and go into beta programs to say, oh, I'd like to try this out and then give feedback on what's working, what isn't. And they're always moving forward. They, you know, HubSpot have always got a plan and they're always taking it forward and forward and forward it's not to say that word wordpress isn't because wordpress is open source but you've got a bazillion different people feeding into that and it's not really focused around the marketer it's not really focused about ease of uses 
deaf people mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I'd argue deaf people aren't the right people to say what should be happening with a, with a website because it's more, it's a marketing tool. A website is about reaching your user or reaching your ideal user and getting them to do the bit, the action you want them to take. Mm-hmm. Phone call, buy now widget, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's a marketing function. So you need a marketer to think about that. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'll let you get back to actually building websites rather than talking to me about it. But uh, yeah, I think it's been really helpful. It's a conversation I have regularly with uh, clients and prospects. So great to be able to kind of share some clarity around both, I guess, options and opportunities in relation to HubSpot CMS. You've been listening to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast, this week with John Dean and Chris Brown, web developers with Carmen Digital. If you've enjoyed this episode, as ever, please share it with your friends, your colleagues, tag us on socials and leave us a review. It all really helps. And if this is the first episode you've listened to, you've now got 40 other episodes to go back and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.